Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor, professional wrestling fan. I use those titles at the top to describe who I am, what I'm about, and what I do. And it's very intentional. Each of those titles holds ingredients, and in those ingredients are what I pour into these episodes. Marketing. It's what I do for a living. I think about it a lot. I work in that space. I think about how I can take what I do on the professional side on a regular basis, infuse that into the hobby, and talk about things like interacting with others, getting attention, um, communication. Those things are very, very important to me, and I see what I do on the professional side. I see opportunities to talk about that in the hobby. Sport card collecting. I have just been on a rip collecting recently. Stuff that makes me happy. Stuff that's sentimental. Stuff that's going to keep me in the hobby for a long damn time. Stuff I'm going to take to the grave with me. Being a collector and having a collector's mindset is the heart of everything I'm doing. And I love it. Sport card investing. I think it has a little bit of a negative connotation in the hobby in general. I think there's been some pundits and talking heads, wink, wink, point, point, who leave a bad taste in our mouth when we're talking about investing. I I think that's undeniable. I think I have questioned myself and said, do I really want to consider myself a sports card investor? And I think the answer to the question is yes. I think the if you zoom out, talk about zooming out a little a lot and look at the big picture. Collecting is what I'm doing and what I'm about. In the the grand scheme of collecting, there's always going to be bigger and better cards out there that, you know what, I'm just not in the financial situation to obtain. So on the investment side, hey, I like sports. I have a knowledge of sports. I know skill, situation, um, intangibles, and those moments that players have that cause their cards, cards to rise. I'm a fantasy guy. I spend a lot of time looking at the numbers and the data. So on the so for me, it's like, why wouldn't I pour some of my time and buy some guys that might not have uh, jumped off the page yet with the hopes of them going big? And then when they go big, I can sell their cards and then fund my collecting. I think a lot of people in the hobby have that mindset. And I think marrying the collecting and investing sides together in that having that operating approach is more right than wrong. I think that's what I'm having fun doing. I'm having fun prospecting and it doesn't just need to be prospecting and buying up the base stuff. Okay. I think you can, you can take a turn in the next evolution and you can buy cool cards of these guys that you're prospecting into. I think that's completely acceptable. I could go on a freaking hair on this topic because I think about it a lot. Those are two identifiers, collecting and investing. I'll, I'll self-identify with both. I'll say, you know, having the collector mindset and being a collector is more important to me. But the investing side, I, I do the investing to fund my collecting habits. You feel me? Massive professional wrestling fan. I'm going to get into that. Obviously, you've seen a lot of my content, my episodes recently about me 
getting into wrestling cards, vintage wrestling cards. There's a lot going on in my head there. It is bringing out a passion in me and it is just so much damn fun. And if you've joined my Instagram lives, you've seen that. And it's just, it's, it's having a, a collector mindset pointed at something I'm certainly passionate about. So I don't typically talk about those titles, but I am today. And I wasn't planning on it, but you know what? A lot of this show is not planned. I have my bullets, but it's my show. This is how I'm going to roll. And I hope you all enjoy it. I hope you're out there learning a ton in the hobby. I'm learning so much. As a matter of fact, when I was thinking about this episode, there was like a there was a myriad of topics that I felt like I could get into, and I'm going to get into them. There's um, stuff from uh, just characters, good versus evil, that I'm seeing in the hobby. Um, there is stuff along the side of collecting legends, and what I'm seeing, the basketball market is falling. Um, and so what I want to do here is just run through some topics and run through some things that are on my mind that I care about. I want to start first by talking about something that I think is really, really important. And it was something that I have been thinking of. And I actually indirectly traded some messages about some things I was seeing on Instagram. And it was brought up last night as I record this on the crossover if you're not watching the crossover it's probably because you're in bed (laughs) i have been i have been i've missed the last couple and i've watched them the next morning and that's okay like i will say like if you are up at midnight on eastern time zone and you're just sitting there get on instagram get on cardboard chronicles or uh how's chris underscore hoj account and hop on the crossover they do kind of a Q&A on the first hour. Then when that IGTV time meter runs out, they hop on another feed and, and just chop it up. And this show is important. Um, I talk about the basketball card fanatic. That publication is important. And these are, this is, these are thing, pieces of content that are happening in the hobby that are, that I believe in them. Uh, I think they educate. I think they inform. I think they bring light to specific conversations that people are thinking but might not be saying. And that's why I love love these things. And I'll forever – in podcasts, I obviously talk about a lot. But I'll forever hype these mediums up because they're important to me and I think they should be important to you. So last night um, – my wife and I, you know, there was no sports on. We we watched the new Borat, um, which shout out uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, man. I have not laughed that hard in a long time, like long, long time. Um, I literally couldn't breathe. Um, I, I figure probably a lot of people all across the country are watching that. Um, seems to be by interacting with friends. But I, I, I give it two thumbs up. Um, it is just hysterical. Um, but that ended, I was sitting there and I was just messing around on my phone. I watched SmackDown, uh, got, got the SmackDown hype before Hell in a Cell on Sunday. And then I was like, you know what? I'm still up. I I think I can make it as like 1130. So then I jumped on, on the crossover and this topic came up and it was perfectly discussed by Chris, Chris and Josh on hobby humility. And I think the mindset of it was 
you know, you got to have some humility in the hobby. And I think that's really important because this is something that I like bulleted on my agenda that I wanted to talk about. I wasn't talking about it as hobby humility, but the ingredients and the substance of what I wanted to discuss was parallel to what they were talking about. Um, and I think, you know, the, the mindset is, is that, you know, we're seeing a lot of people post their cards on Instagram and talk about how much money they've made off of returns and this and that. And, you know, I think it's really, it's okay to be proud of sales, but it's another thing to put it in a bunch of people's faces. Um, you know, I'm not going to mention names here, but there was a video that uh, was posted, I think this week by, um, I guess you can air quote a hobby influencer. And I watched the video and it was just this, this guy was talking about how much money he had made from selling a specific card. And, you know, it was borderline arrogant. And I left and after the video got done, I, I watched it just because it was so absurd. And I watched it and I was like, do people really care about the fact that you sold a card and you made this much return? Like, or like, why are you doing, like, are you doing this to make yourself feel better? And I think a lot of people ask those questions when they see stuff like that in the hobby. I think it's completely okay to be proud of making a good investment and talking about it, but it's another thing to put, put it in people's faces. And I think that's where like, there's some just really like important, like characteristic and foundational things that make humans likable um, that people need to consider and put in place. And I'm not here to tell you how to run your Instagram. That's the last thing I'm going to do, but I'm just telling you there there's perception. And it, this goes back to brand. When you're not in the room or you're not in the chat or you're not in the whatever digital thing we're talking about here, what are people saying and thinking about you? And I think there's a lot of people in the hobby who think that they're very, very lovable and they've got this big platform. But then on the other side, there's a lot of people like pointing their finger and being like, can you believe this guy said that? Or can you believe like that? So that goes back to like just having hobby humility. I think like, you know, when when I get a new card, I mean, this is just human nature. You're going to post and be proud of it. I try not to talk about what I'm selling. And if I do, it's usually behind closed doors. Um, it's with friends in the hobby, people that I consider friends and just saying, Hey, this is, look at this card. This is what I sold for. And, you know, I do that with a certain group of people because they usually have good advice and tips too. And I try to learn from that. So I think that's just something we just need to consider and look at. It's like, as in everyone, everyone's done it before, but like, you know, that's something like we, we want to associate ourselves with people that are thinking like us and about us. And I just don't think like talking about how much you're selling cards for is something that is good for personal brand building and, um, just overall, um, hobby humility. That's just the topic. I think I'm, I'm glad, uh, Chris and Josh brought it up because I think it's, re it's really, really important. This kind of segues into just like, just this narrative of good versus evil in the hobby that I'm continuing to see. And I think this is something that I'm going to talk more and more about. And I think just the way we are in society and it's human nature, it's like positioning. It's you've got good versus evil, but I'm going to talk about some good versus evil that I'm seeing in the hobby towards the end um, that I think is just important to call out. 
and then you can decide which camp are you on. Are you on good versus evil? And 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 let me tell you, it's okay to be evil. Like some of my favorite pro wrestlers are heels. It's just that like it, it is what it is. Um, but I think it's important to call it out. One thing like I've really been considering is just the importance of just nostalgia and having nostalgia be top of mind when you're operating in the hobby. I think it's really, really fun to have those connection points that draw back to um, those moments in time where you are younger and it makes you happy. And um, I think it's just like nostalgia um, helps test and guide and helps give you um, advice on who to collect. And I think for some people, it really might be easy to be like, oh, like I love this guy growing up. Um, of course, I'm going to collect him. But I think it's difficult for some, myself included. Um, you've heard I've obviously been talking about buying Peyton and Reggie Miller cards like a lot recently. But, it, you know, it took me a while to get to the point to realize this is what I should be doing. So that's why I'm talking about this. I think the hobby's overwhelming. There are so many different avenues, so many different directions you can go. But one thing I can say in terms of just longevity and staying in the hobby, that when the smoke clears, if you're holding on cards that are nostalgic to you and are significant and important and you can attach to a moment in time in your childhood, the odds of you staying in the hobby go up. And so, like, you've got stories you can associate with these cards. You've got memories you can associate with these cards. And, and I think, like, those things, like, the, having memories and moments in time where you can pick up a card and look at it and read the back and it triggers you being on the couch downstairs in your parents' basement, watching that game and reliving that moment, like, having that piece in a slab, talking about that moment – and it being a refractor and it just making you smile every time you walk in your hobby room like that that's the important stuff everyone like don't lose sight of that so that's why i just want to make sure yes investing yes in collecting but like make sure when you're 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 collecting and make make sure that you're doing it with a purpose and make sure that there's some nostalgia in there ripping packs is nostalgic how can you take it one step further and put that into your collecting so like for me, nostalgic, some signs of nostalgia and collecting that you want to pair together are like one, when like you stop everything you're doing, when a clip of this player or, you know, moment in time comes on YouTube or TV. One example of that happened this week for me, and I'm not a collector of him because there's so many collectors of him, um, but he's nostalgic to me. Um, and that's Michael Jordan. I sent it to a group chat I'm in on Instagram when I, I came across this clip, but I saw the Michael Jordan Gatorade commercial where he is on the Wizards and he is playing his young self, uh, looks like about rookie year, Michael Jordan, and they're just talking trash together. And then at the end of it, and then North Carolina Michael comes and is like, who's got next? I watched that clip and was just filled with nostalgia. I hadn't seen that commercial forever, but it meant something to me. It gave me the feels. And it 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 made me think like, oh, well, like I might not be a Michael Jordan collector because there it's expensive and there's a lot of cards, but like, you know what? Like I really need a Michael Jordan card in my collection um, because of what that commercial did for me in that moment. I think there's like turn back. Open up the door of your room when you're in middle school and 
Think about what it looked like. Visualize that room right now. I can visualize mine. I remember there being on my, first of all, I had a Sega Genesis. Um, my brother had a Super Nintendo. It was always fun. We we would jump rooms, throw controllers at each other when we weren't winning. Um, it was just a blast. But I had a Sega. Sega was in my room. David Robinson, Supreme Court. Stand up if you're down with that game. Definitely a lot of Mortal Kombat. Just a lot of fun. I had a basketball hoop on the side of my closet door that I would spend hours on. I remember dunking Shaq style and just breaking this thing. It was awesome. But then I, I, I had starting lineups all over my walls. I'm a starting lineup fiend. I've got boxes and boxes of unopened starting lineups at my parents' house. I, I went and saw them recently. Um, but then I think about the posters and I have just like, I visualize Reggie Miller poster on my wall. It's just like so nostalgic. And, um, yeah, it might have been next to a Tiffany Amber Thiessen poster, but um, that might not be either here nor there. But like having that Reggie Miller poster is was significant to me because it's just like, man, that's how much Reggie meant to me. And so I think I like my 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 recommendation for you if you're struggling with uh, figuring out what's nostalgic and what you want to collect. Think think back to your uh, seventh or eighth grade uh, room, and when you open the door. What was on your wall? Because that might give you some direction on on who you should be thinking about in terms of collecting. I think like that that's just something really, really good and important that, you know, we should all be thinking about. And I certainly am doing that. Hell, I'm I'm on a run where I'm thinking about some Larry Johnson cards because of how important grandmama was to me. Had the starter jacket, had the Converse poster, you name it. Um, but yeah, that's just some food for thought. One other thing I like to do that I've been just doing a lot of recently is just chatting with other content creators. I hope you got a chance to listen to my episode with Kyle from the Wax Museum podcast this past week. It's so much fun talking with another Pacers fan. I love his content. It's unique. Uh, But really, it got me to think, it's like, why talk with people like Kyle? And I'm going to end the episode by just like shouting out one more time, if you're new to the show, people I've talked to on the podcast and just recommend you go check out these people because they're all hustling and they're all, it is the hobby hustle for a reason. Um, Kyle described what he does on Wax Museum as a for- form of art. And I, I agree with him. Like I reflected on that, uh, you know, talking about like there's no, you know, no music, no singing, but like what he's doing is deep research on just the hobby and topics that matter to him and he thinks matters to other people and sharing that information. To me, I've talked about this being a creative outlet for me. Like we're all, we're, we're at home. We're stuck at home. Stuff's different. Um, I'm back into this hobby that's absolutely amazing. It kicks so much ass and I'm meeting so many people and like this is a form of expression for me. So I connected with that nugget. This is an opportunity for me to learn. Like I, when I'm, when I'm, I'm sharing my thoughts out into the public as a content creator and you're responding to them and I learn from you. I'm a fiend for engagement. I love getting those direct messages on Instagram. I love the comments. I love starting the conversation. I have a passion for building an audience. It's what I do professionally and why not? point that to something that I love and that sports cards and just this community of people. 
I love meeting like-minded people. Like I have met so many like-minded people since I've been back in the hobby. Like people that honestly, like I can't wait for the national. I can't wait for 2021. Cross our fingers that we can have the national because I cannot wait to meet you guys. I, I can't. Like I visualize it a lot. I, I visualize like what I'm going to do at the national. And I certainly want to be doing this. Like I, I want to be face to face. I want to be interviewing people. I want to be creating content while I'm there along with, you know, buying cards. I, I, I want to meet people that I don't know your name, but I know your Instagram handle. I want to have conversations with you. And so like, I love the connection with meeting like-minded people. It's just so much damn fun. And like, I had to reflect after my conversation with Kyle and be like, is this a form of art for me? And I think, yes, the answer is yes to that. So shout out to Kyle, shout out to Wax Museum. Make sure you're checking out his stuff. He's just so consistent, honest. I, I just love his podcast. Um, wrestling cards, you have seen this just like undeniable just rush for me with wrestling cards. Hopefully you got a chance to check out my tops 2020 undisputed break on Instagram live this week. If you didn't, no worries. If you don't care, totally cool. But if you're interested in wrestling cards, it's on my IG at stacking slabs. Go check that out. I busted a box with, of, uh, of Undisputed, and I love these cards. I talked about how Undisputed 2019 was the first breaks I was a part of and the first cards that got me back into the hobby. So it was just undeniable that I had to get back into wrestling cards, and the new product helped me do that. I had fun ripping them down. Um, got some cool hits. Got a Sasha Banks numbered. Auto that is just super dope. Got an of 25 Kofi Kingston. It's a great product. I just was at, at the end of it. This is like, this is where like the degenerate side of me, like wrestling stuff in me is like, it's like borderline degenerate. I've got a, a whole room dedicated to wrestling memorabilia in my house. Um, I, my wife is awesome. Um, but like once I get going on something I'm passionate about, I just can't freaking stop. And so, one of my buddies from uh, the wrestling uh, figure and collecting uh, communities, Benji. Shout out Benji if you're listening to uh, to to this. Uh, just a, a guy I consider a friend, a homie of mine. Um, Benji jumped into my Instagram and he was on the Undisputed Break, and he's been doing Undisputed Breaks. Um, after I got done, he was like, "Hey, dude, I'm about to do an Undisputed Break. I'm so pumped about yours." I got a spot left. You want it? And I was like, yeah, I want that spot. So after I got done breaking Undisputed, I bought a spot into his Undisputed break. Unfortunately, it wasn't great for me, but it was fun to be a part of the community that I started cards with back in there. Um, so shout out to Benji. Then my this is how this is how crazy the internet is and how fun it is. My brother was like, that was awesome. Like, I'm getting itchy. I want an undisputed hobby box. Do you want to split one with me? And when your brother says that to you, he's, and after how much fun I got, I had doing that, I said, absolutely. So we split a hobby box of undisputed. Hopefully that comes soon. I'm getting itchy. It's just so much fun to like rip product that rules, um, rip packs, right? That's, and it's not, it's not to me within my budget. It was it was fine. The I will say, undisputed has gone up fifty bucks. I don't know if that is the nature of other people getting into wrestling cards, or if that's the nature of Charlotte Flair signing with Gary V. Um, 
that is something significant of note um, that, you know, Charlotte, Charlotte signed on to his agency and there's going to be a lot of hype around her and that will all, that will just inevitably bring more hype to wrestling. So something of note. And you know what? Like Gary loves wrestling. So it's like, for me, I'm like, I'm about that. Like, dude, like that's awesome. And I'm going to ride the roller coaster. And at the end of the day, like for me, like this, this wrestling card thing, it's, it's really not about making money for me. It's about the nostalgia and it's about collecting. Like, sure. Am I going to find opportunities to make some bucks for sure? Absolutely. Um, and, but like for me, it's about the, having the collector mindset. I just like, I, I went just completely ham on wrestling cards and I got some awesome cards in the mail. I got, um, I got a sticker from 1986 PSA nine hand cut that, uh, or excuse me, not a sticker hand cut card of Muhammad Ali and my, uh, Hulk Hogan on the same card. No one's talking about that. And I thought it was awesome. Two legends. So I bought it. Um, and then I bought Becky Lynch undisputed rookie first in the line NXT PSA 10 auto of 25. I've talked about Becky Lynch and just Charlotte and how Stone Cold and Ric Flair slash Hulk Hogan. There's never really been that of female wrestlers, but now there is. So if you're looking at modern, that might be a direction to go. Spending money on those slabs that I love. And then I came across another old buddy and friend. And we uh, we uh, we were DMing each other, and he was talking about his... Uh, he was talking about his... Um, I don't have his uh, collecting. Um, let me see if I can pull this up. Yeah, I do. Here we go. I, I communicate him on his personal IG, but I do have his collecting. So shout out at original Hasbro. Um, Hasbro is significant because obviously classic toy line. But at original Hasbro, shout out to Brandon who sold me his collection of vintage wrestling cards this past weekend. Those came on Friday. I did a little IG video about that just to bring awareness and explain 82, 83 uh, wrestling all-star sets, what those cards are, why they're important. 85 tops, 87 tops, 90, 91 classics. So like I spent time just talking through those cards, spent a little time talking about why they're significant, but I am just so itchy. Um, I've got entertainment tonight. I'm going to go through that whole collection. I'm going to decide what I want graded. And that's where there's opportunity, I think, with wrestling cards is that there, a lot of the stuff is low pop. And a lot of the stuff, I think, you know, you can find it and buy it for uh, a decent cost and go get it graded and see significant jump in price. Like, I think there's a lot of opportunity in wrestling cards. I talk about my ECW cards that came from the old San Francisco Toymaker figures. Um, I did an IG video on that. and. Literally, there's only five of these cards that are graded, okay? There's a huge ECW cult following that exists. There's so many ECW fans that I've connected with over the years. It's like, of course, if you saw one of these cards, the Sandman card in PSA 9 or 10, people are going to want it. So that's how I'm thinking about things. But man, I'm so excited about the opportunity with wrestling cards, and I'm not going to be done with this. Like, people can go... Ham on Pokemon and have their fun. I'll listen to the content, but I'm going to be standing over here on the other side talking about wrestling cards. And you know what happens when I'm talking about wrestling cards? 
people start coming out to party. I've gotten so many DMs of people being like, dude, I'm so happy you're talking about wrestling cards. Like, I love wrestling cards. I have gotten just so much. Look at look at my cards, and people are sharing their cards with me, which is amazing. And then also, like, I'm getting people sending like their cards with wrestling memorabilia, and it's just just so much fun. So you can hear from me. I'm passionate about this. I can't wait to talk more wrestling cards. If you have questions, just give me give me give me a DM. Let's talk. Another thing I'm really passionate about, another card that I got, and it really just signifies like kind of like the the opportunity in the hobby to not go in the same direction. You know, turn a little left when the market is turning right. People are picking up, ever since I've been back in the hobby, people are picking up on the price of Peyton Manning. Peyton's prices are going up. It is justified. Obviously, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame this year, arguably the best quarterback of all time. Tom Brady apologists would laugh at laugh at that you could talk Peyton versus Tom Brady in terms of just there's a lot of meat on that bone and I honestly don't want to get into it it's like having a Republican and a Democrat Democrat try to talk to each other just not good for business but what I can say is that I'm a Peyton Manning guy you know this so I am a fiend for Peyton Manning and nostalgia so I've been digging in and I gotta tell you of course I want his PSA 10 uh tops rookie Chrome refractor. That is outside my budget right now. So what can I do? So looking in, looking at population reports, getting feedback, I picked up just this the Flare Brilliance Peyton Pulsar's PSA 9 card, 12 graded by PSA, less than 150 print. That's why I love using my platform to post. People, I didn't know that. Someone posted and I, I'm sorry I don't have your name on right with me. I should have put that in the notes, but Someone said 150 150 of these are printed. That makes me so happy. So those are the kind of buys that I think we can all make in the hobby right now. It's like, who are the players that you love? Who are the what look at their cards outside of the main ones that everyone's talking about? Like people are gonna have there's gonna be articles like here are your top 10 Peyton Manning cards. Like, what are the other cards not on that list? What are the cards that people aren't seeing? This can happen with every player who's ever played the game. That's just a recommendation. Don't just look on the surface and say, oh, like their top's chrome refractor. This is what I have to have. No, you don't. Like their prism silver. This is what I have to have. No, you don't. Like go find the other opportunities. Like I, I'm, I, there's so much to be learned from just Luca collectors, I think, because this is probably the most recent case to like look at this by. But if if you go look at Luca's cards and its growth over the past you know year, like of course the attention's going to be on the the mainstays first, like the NT. Uh, shout out G for that uh, for the uh, D patch. What a great card! Um, the the prism parallels. But like, go like look at the movement of what's happened with the other cards and when it happened. Like that's when like people were like. All right, I'm a Luca collector. I love Luca. Now I'm going to start buying up all this other stuff that people haven't been talking about. Like his courtside select, the the price jump there and just the attention it had from like it being undervalued to then people being like, "Well, this is a short print. Like this is a great card. This is significant. I'm going to start buying this." Like his status card, like across the board. Like the popularity of this these guys is like the game was how can I jump and get these other cards people aren't talking about before the prices become 
outside of my budget. And this is me speaking off the cuff. If you want to go like find the information and talk to people, like there are plenty of great Luca collectors out there. I've talked about them and referenced them on the show. I'm not going to plug them here because I don't want people to bombard them, but I certainly will ask them questions. Um, but that's just the fun part of the hobby. Like I think, um, you know, I, I tweeted something about this, but it's not just buying uh, basketball when football is hot or wrestling during Pokemon Mania. It's about going deep and unlocking gems that make us happy and give us a reaction and something we want to share. That's what I believe. Like, I believe, like, there's there's just so much opportunity outside of, like, the 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 mainstream stuff. And the mainstream stuff is what's on Instagram, what's getting covered by talking heads. It's all this stuff. But like, go deep. Like for me, it's easier to go deep and unlock gems because, like, for me, like with music, I don't, I don't like listen to mainstream music. I like independent music. I'm an independent music guy. Like, I like searching and discovering music that makes me happy that no one knows about. So then I can be like, this album kicks ass. Like, dude, you gotta listen to this record. And then people listen to it and be like, holy cow, like this is great. And I'll be like, yeah, dude. If you want this record, you got to go get it now on Bandcamp because there's only 150 first pressings of this copy. Like, go get it now. And then people are like, yeah, dude, this this album is so good. Like, I'm going to go get it. Thank you. And it's like when you can discover something that rules, share it with someone, get them to go buy, that's when you know something's more valuable than it is on paper. So that... For me, I have the advantage because that's how I think when I'm buying a music, buying music. But that's something I think like just everybody. And some of you are like, you buy music? What? There's like, you you don't you have Apple Music or Spotify? Yes, I have Apple Music or Spotify. But hey, everyone, I'm a collector and I like to support artists. Um, We got a little bit of a PSA update. How about that? And you know what? As I'm recording this, I'm going to hit PSA's website just to see if anything changed. I'm, I'm literally going there right now. But I had just this moment where I, I almost had a heart attack, literally almost had a heart attack because I looked at my account and my orders are moved. And I've got, there's one, oh man, I hope it's not stuck there forever. And there's, I've got two that went from to QA check two. So they went from grading to QA check two. They've been stuck at QA check two for quite some time, but like, I can't believe I'm about to get these cards back. And I was looking at the cards and it's just funny. The moment where I was at when I submitted these cards, um, you know, I hope they come back with good grades, but a lot of it's just, you know, base stuff, which is fine. But I, it's like, like I was looking through these cards, like 80% of this stuff I'm going to look to sell right away. Like there is cool cards in there that I'm going to keep, but like 80% of the stuff I'm going to look to sell. But I think that's like, this has reminded me because I hadn't paid attention to my orders in a while. This is, this reminded me of like just the importance of patience and how having like this stream of cards in grading that you can then go use to sell to then fund your collecting, why it's important and it's significant a lot of the people that I'm following right now in the hobby that I say that I deem as being successful have this mindset where they're just always submitting cards, like literally always submitting cards to grading. And I think like that's probably um, if you are using those funds to fund, put money back into the hobby, like there's literally nothing wrong with that. So I'm excited that, 
my battle with PSA, like I thought I was about to be knocked out, but it looks like I'm about to get some cards. When I do get cards, I'm definitely going to do something um, where I can show off the cards. And I want to give, I don't want to like low key, like dog the cards that I went and got graded. Like there's some great stuff and I don't know the grades yet, um, but I'm going to probably do something on IG live where I just show the cards and I'm going to give brother prices to the community. If anyone's interested in any of these cards, we're going to cut out all the fees. We're going to cut out all the stuff. I'm, I'm trying to get these cards in good homes. So more to come on that. I'll let you know when that happens. Everyone says that, you know, this, it seems like, again, from the market, the sky is falling with basketball cards. It's not. It is something that is thriving. It is live and well. It is, uh, you could see on the basketball card fanatic, shout out Adam, on his the second copy, 446% growth over the last year in the basketball card modern market. There has been some pullback over the last month, but that is just an amazing growth clip. Like it's amazing. Like you just saw the Michael Jordan PMG card. Um, someone said it was altered and it still sold for this much, but it, it, it sold in July 27th, uh, July 27th, 2019 for 25,000. And it just recently sold for 151,000 on October 20th, 502% growth in 15 months. I think people who are buying the cards that everyone else is buying with high population, those cards definitely are losing value. And if you're in the game and you're thinking about things from that perspective, it could feel like the sky is falling. You might leave because of it. The people that are zooming out and looking at the big picture and how the market is operating and what the conditions and what is happening, like those are the people that are going to be here and going to be more satisfied at the end of the day. It's like, you know, I, my wife and I have a financial advisor and we invest in the S&P 500 and I don't sit and pull up my Charles Schwab account every day and look at how things are going. That's like borderline insanity. Uh, but I look at trends and that's what I try to do. And I think the trends of this year and what we're seeing has shown the basketball card market especially is very, very, very healthy. And so I think like you're seeing some of the base stuff go down. You're seeing some of the uh, classic stuff, uh, important stuff go up. And I think like, just legends like thinking about cards and buying legends it's that's always foolproof for me these are people that are remaining in the hearts and minds of collectors forever and will always hold value i talked about what the michael jordan gatorade commercial did for me it made me feel something will i be talking about these players when i have grandkids one day will i will i be sharing stories about them yes like these are the types of cards that like having everyone making sure you carve out a little room for them in your collection um, to help mitigate risks. You know, on the football side, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you can think about modern day stuff, basketball legends, LeBron, Michael, Kobe. Um, I think forecasting legends is hard. Like there's so many really, really good players. There's so few like legends. Um, and I don't think we should get caught up in trying to forecast legends, but, and I think there's an element where we should just enjoy the sports we're watching and the cards we're collecting. But I do think, I think the, the recommendation for me is making sure that 
everybody is thinking about having some of these players that are significant to their game, significant to themselves, like to you, and thinking about carving out some room for them in your collection because it's stuff you can show your grandkids and cards you can talk about players. It's really fun. And there's this leads me to stuff that I just don't understand in the hobby. And that's okay. Like I, I literally don't need to understand everything. But I was looking at my Peyton cards and I just pulled up my base Peyton, Peyton Bowman PSA 10 rookie. 832 of these exist. This card is valued at 280 bucks. Okay. Then I was looking at Josh Allen PSA 10 Prism. 642 of them exist. So in just, so this Peyton card has been around for 22 years, which is insane to think about. And 832 have been graded PSA 10. This Josh Allen card, you know, has been, you know, around for a couple years, few years, and it is a population of 642, and it is $477. That to me, just like, I know you could say, oh, it's Prism. I don't care. It's like that, that to me, I just, I don't get it. Like I don't get it. And I was talking about just Josh Allen and Hey, if you're, if you're, if you're paying attention, to Josh Allen, like I'd be very careful because look at his upcoming schedule. Well, they lost a couple of games. That card has gone down. This card is still more than a Peyton Manning rookie. I just don't understand it. And that I'm not going to understand everything in the hobby, but I think if I am going in and I am looking at buying a card, of a quarterback and I see that the Bowman is that much cheaper than a Josh Allen. Like to me, that which seems more logical just to spend less money on a PSA 10 Peyton Manning rookie card. Right. I don't know. These are things I, I often ask myself and question on a day to day basis. Um, I think like too, just on the basketball side for me, I have um, really been thinking a lot about, how I wanted to operate going into the next season. And hey, we got some rumors. They're rumors, I'll take them. But it looks like there's a lot of reports out there saying that they are going to start the basketball season. I think it was December 21st, right before Christmas is what the rumors are, which is significant because a lot of us thought this was going to be February or March. I think they're trying to get in the season before the Summer Olympics, which makes sense. Abbreviated 72 games, um, that makes sense. Um, it'll be interesting to see just how it, how they work it without a bubble. Like, what what is there going to be a bubble, regional bubble? We'll see. But like before this, I was thinking, and I've been I've been looking. Obviously, I've been talking about wrestling cards a lot, but a lot of my energy has been focused on basketball cards, and I have not been buying, but I've been observing market trends. And this is what I can tell you: I I talked about Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell. I've talked about Ja Morant. A lot of these guys. Prices are really, really high right now, and I and I'm a I'm not a uh, I've evolved, and I'm not saying I'm never going to do this, but I've evolved where it's like I'm cutting out the chance of me getting a, a bad card and then waiting on grading. I'm operating in when I'm purchasing in slabs, so I'm talking referencing these cards in terms of slabs. Like those guys, like those prices are really, really high still. So for me, I'm trying to figure out who are, who's someone that and and here's something else that I've learned about myself. I have an attachment with this group of NBA rookies, not the upcoming class, but this rookie class. And I, I have an attachment to it because this is when I came back into the hobby. And it's really, really deep. And it's really, really good. 
this sounds counterintuitive of how I closed out the show. Um, man, I came last week or the week before when I was going through draft classes and watch yourself, you know, only a few players hit. This is counter, uh, counter to this, but I do think this draft class is going to be historically one of the better ones we've seen. Um, you've got guys like Zion and Ja that are along, you know, Lucas, not a part of this, but like will help usher in this new era of the hobby. There's a lot of guys too within this class that I think we're still waiting to see. And I think like if you're going to gain, and again, too, it's like for me, I've in collecting cards, I've always operated by learning the whole drafts, buying up the rookies and trying to figure out who's going to be fun to watch. Like I was a huge Jerry Stackhouse fan. I, I bought so much Jerry Stackhouse. I loved him in North Carolina. And I thought like, this guy is going to be the next big thing. And so like I had Jerry Stackhouse jerseys, cards, you name it. But I think like there's an, a, a fun, fun to, there's a fun element to prospecting too and trying to get in front of these guys. And I've been doing that, spending a lot of time on uh, looking at this class. And obviously, like, you know, my like low key investment has been uh, Seku Demboye. You know that. I've been talking about him since the jump. You know, I love Ja, right? Ja's prices, I just can't justify right now. But like, I, it's, it's making me turn to guys right now, like, like a Kobe White, looking at a Kobe White. Um, you know, if I buy, if I believe in Kobe White and I believe in Billy Donovan and I believe in the situation of him being the starting point guard, him being in a big market, him being a scorer, we saw that, um, you know, him just like break out before the bubble, uh, before the pandemic hit. Um, would it make sense for me to go buy some Kobe White cards and he could be a fun investment for me? attach myself, enjoy watching him play. And if he ends up hitting, could have a nice piece where I could sell off. So then fund some of my other collecting habits. I don't know. That's how I'm thinking about things right now. And I think it's always healthy, like to be thinking about things from that perspective. It's fun. And that's just something I want to call out. And that goes back to like making sure, like if you have some investing in you, like it's okay, like use it strategically. And so that's what I'm trying to do right now. I'm really excited about just two partnerships that I've got going on with two great companies. Very, very, very honest about my passion for the hobby and how these companies have helped support that. So you know about Starstock. Significant stories about Starstock from this week. I just like was like, man, I'm there were some purchases I was making on just bought that vintage wrestling card collection. I was buying some wrestling card slabs. I needed some money. So I just started, I went on a selling spree, just sell, 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 like boom, 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 money in my account, money, money, money. And then I just, I took that money and then I exported it in my PayPal account. Boom. It took like 24 hours. I had that money in my PayPal account from cards that were sitting under my futon that I sent to Starstock that they put in their system that I just spent a few, few minutes on just starting to list stuff and stuff was selling. So it's just a great alternative to cut out a lot of layers. Obviously you got cards that you can keep in your collection, but cards that I love it for selling. Like I'm, I'm always going to be using star stock for selling. It has just been a great revenue stream for me and helping fund my collecting. So shout out star stock. Um, you know that if you're signing up for star stock, make sure you use that code slabs 
It's a great way to help get your cards that are sitting underneath your futon into a system, sell, get a revenue stream so you can start funding some of your collecting habits. Again, slabs, it's also is a promo code, but it's also a great way to support the show. So shout out Starstock, Starstock team. You guys all rule. Proud partner. Another proud partnership that I got going here is from my favorite platform to analyze trends in the sports card market, and that is Card Ladder. Card Ladder team, stand up. Happy to partner with the Card Ladder team. If you use this URL, tinyurl.com slash stacking slabs and sign up for Card Ladder, that is the best way that you can support the show right now. These partnerships are helping drive the growth of the show. And Card Ladder, if you're thinking about it, I'm telling you, like it is, it is just the, the features functionality, the my collection features, the hobby headlines. I adore, I had, Gives you a great vantage point and outlook of what's happening in the heartbeat of the hobby on a regular basis. All the cool kids are using Card Ladder. Trust me. Um, I'm just having so much fun in that platform on a regular basis. Definitely like reach out to Card Ladder. They're super responsive. They love to talk about what they're doing. And if you have questions, if you want to hear my story and want to know more from me, definitely my DMs are always open. I'm happy to chop it up with you about Card Ladder. So that's tinyurl.com backslash stacking slabs. Sign up for Card Ladder. Great way to support the podcast. Card Ladder, Starstock, two of my favorites. I have got to shout out some of my other hobby homies. Sport Card Investigator, shout out Andy. Great new episode that he launched on his channel. I sent him a note after I watched it and said, dude, I think this is like my favorite thing you've you've posted because he talks about grading and subbing and thinking about things that I don't think a lot of people in the hobby are right now. I... I recently, before he posted the video, I was having a conversation with him. I I pulled a orange reactive Justin Herbert. He's like, you got to express that. And then I was like, yeah, I was looking at the schedule. So I paid 75 bucks to express ship this poll to PSA. And I'm waiting to get that card back. But Justin Herbert, man, he's awesome. Like this guy looks like a, this guy looks just incredible. And I don't know. I might keep this card, but like if I got that card back with a legitimate grade and um, I'm either going to keep it or I'm going to sell it. But literally, like, I spent the money on the hanger I got it from, which was like 30 bucks, And then I spent $75 on the express grading. So I'm about, a, you know, a little over 100 bucks into this card. If that card comes back, PSA 9 or PSA 10, it's more valuable than the than my original investment. So that's how... You got to start thinking about just like using these grading services. And Andy does a great way of talking about that. And shout out to Jordan, Sport Card Analytics. He had an awesome video too this week on YouTube. Check out his channel. He he just showed charts. He used Card Ladder and talk about market trends and what's happening. And the way he talks about analytics is just, um, it's easy to understand. And I think it's really significant and important because it tells you what's happening on in the markets. and it's a great product marketing video for Card Ladder. So if you want to check out the, how Card Ladder should be used, go check out um, Jordan's channel. I'm really excited for more videos like this that he's doing. They're really, really helpful and impactful. Are you guys ready for the hobby hustle this Friday? You don't even know who it's going to be with yet until you're listening to it right now. But I'm really excited. There's going to be a lot of energy on it. I got my man, Adam Lefko, baby. Lefko Cards on the hobby hustle this week. I am really excited to have Adam on 
Um, I've had just a blast interacting with him. You know, it's going to be a fun conversation because I really view Adam and me being at a, in about the same place in the hobby and we use similar resources and know the same people. So there's going to be a lot with this one. We're just going to chop it up. It's going to be fun. Like I, I, I just have so much fun communicating with Adam. So pumped to have Adam on the pod this week. You're not going to want to miss this one. Did you all check out AEW? Huh? Did you check it out this week? I just, I, I can't tell you how much fun I'm having with AEW. Oh man. First of all, let's start here. Lay dinner, debonair, the, the segment with Chris Jericho and MJF. Talk about entertainment, man. That to me is just fun. Like two of these guys, great entertainers doing a little Sammy Davis and uh, Frank Sinatra number. That's a classic. Go check that one out. And then we got Kenny Omega back as the cleaner, the best bout machine. I had all the feels in the world when he came out to that new entrance. And it was like, dude, I've been waiting for this Kenny Omega ever since AEW came back. And boy, if you look at forecast things ahead, man, you're, we're, we're, it's, it's, it's lining up to be a Kenny Omega versus Adam Hangman page at full gear match for the number one contendership. and then. You know, maybe I'm I'm thinking I'm I'm booking ahead here, but I'm I'm imagining Kenny Omega rematch versus Mox for the strap. Oh baby, man, I can't wait! I love AEW, but I'm also excited for uh, Hell in a Cell. Uh, that'll be done by the time this uh, episode uh, goes live. But man, there's so much happening right now, and I've got just so much time to talk, so much to talk about. One of the things I wanted to talk about that I, I led with is just good versus evil. Um, and I was thinking about this in terms of just like a wrestling icon and Hulk Hogan. By the way, I had this moment this week where I was just like, I got to just watch WrestleMania 18. And this is the moment where like evil becomes good. And I think there's an opportunity for people that are in the evil category to become good. Hollywood style. But The Rock vs. Hogan, WrestleMania 18, best crowd reaction in the history of WrestleMania in Toronto historic venue for Hulk Hogan. This is like, if I, one thing to watch in wrestling, if you're not into wrestling, watch this and you'll love it. WrestleMania 18, the rock versus Hogan. It, it is just unbelievable. In one fell swoop, Hogan came out of heel, became a baby face and it all happened organically. And that was so significant and important. And I'm thinking about Hulk Hogan a lot this week because I'm buying all these vintage sets and there's these incredible Hogan cards. But you've got the good Hogan, which is the real American Hogan, right? Hulkamania, brother. Um, Well, let me tell you something, brother. Say your prayers, eat your vitamins, you know, rip the shirt off, put the hand on the air, point up to the heavens, be the role model for kids. Hulkamania, 24-inch pythons, baby. Then you've got the evil Hogan, NWO Hogan, 96 Bash at the Beach, the third man teaming up with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Creating the NWO that's for 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 life, building the collective of heels, and I think like to me, I just look at Hulk Hogan and I'm just like, man, like this guy had a run as both a good guy and a bad guy. To me, it was like trying to, it it, it really was putting a, a a flashlight as I'm looking at Hulk Hogan's career on. It's very evident and his two sides that he had, and, and it led me to think of like, okay, like well. Well, what's what's the uh, good and the evil that's happening going on in the hobby right now? And I think friends and followers, and we're all caught up in the hobby mania. And like people I'm interacting with, it seems like everyone I'm interacting with is like, 
on team uh, red and yellow Hulk. Eat, we're all eating our vitamins and we're all giving each other advice and we're all saying our prayers, brother, and we're all helping each other out and we're all here trying to, we're Avenger style, trying to defeat evil. We're in that hobby mania, brother. And I think on the other side of it, it's the NWO side of things, which in the hobby, which is about manipulation and taking advantage of others, fear mongering. Um, I made this investment. So can you, the YouTube thumbnail clips, will basketball cards ever go up again? Pointing to a graphic. That is the NWO style of the hobby right now. Yeah, there's, it's happening, man. Are you seeing it? Um, so here we go. Like, for me, it's different strokes for different folks if you're following the good or the evil. Like, I'm not here to tell you what to do and what not to do. Everyone likes a different flavor of ice cream. We all like characters. Some like good, some like evil. On the good side, I think it's creating content that educates and gets people to think. I reference Andy's episode on YouTube, uh, Sport Card Investigator. That got me to think. It'll get you to think. That's good. He's on Team Hulk. He's on, he's on Team Red and Yellow. Taking the time to help others, responding to DMN, DMs, sharing other people's stuff, building relationship, thinking about it as people over cards. That is the baby face hobby side. That is the hobby mania. The NWOs of the hobby. It's money traps. It's get rich quick. It is all about themselves and all about getting that green and that cash. It's them telling stories about themselves and cards they're selling. Like, get that out of here. You're going to go down. But you can go down, but you might turn to be a baby face, just like Hogan did at WrestleMania 18, if you do things the right way. So that's what I want to call out. It's just an example. It's Hulkamania, man. He's running in my veins right now. But I just figured, hey, man, there's good and evil. I don't care which side you're on, but know that there's sides that exist. And as an outsider, I'm looking at it and I'm observing. I'd hope to think right now that I'm on team uh, red and yellow. I'm here to help. I'm here to eat my vitamins and share my advice with the hobby community. Um, Hopefully, uh, you all are having fun and enjoying that too. I'm going to run through a list right now and just say a special thank you to all of these People who've been on the hobby hustle. Chris Keller, Top Shelf Breaks, Ed Cahill, Cahill Cards, Scott Greenberg at Starstock, Aaron Nowak at Slab Stocks, Chris Hoj, Chris underscore H O J. I love just saying Chris Hoj. He's just been an awesome advocate. Lo- love what he's doing. House of Jordan's Card Ladder, Mike Summer, Wax Pack Hero, Andy Eisman. And he's getting a lot of mentions, sports card investigator, Jordan, sport card analytics, Nick, New England pieces. He's going live on Instagram recently, going through a lot of cards, giving some really good advice and answering questions. Check him out. Josh, Cardboard Chronicles, a pillar of the hobby. Investicard Eddie, shout out to Investicard Eddie. Adam Palmer, Heroes for Sale. Jake Roy, 90s basketball cards. My man Adam, Real 27, basketball card fanatic. Lameem James making everyone happy and smile in the hobby. The best hip-hop trio in the hobby of all time. Pack, Slabby, Rip. God, they're making some good music that I love. And Kyle at Wax Museum. Hopefully you all enjoyed this episode. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Talk to you real soon. Enjoy your time in the hobby.